0: heart every woman the show where women find balance peace and inspiration now let's get back to the show with your host carla nivens
1: well welcome back to the every heart every woman radio show everyone my name is carla nivens i am your host Well, everyone, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website. Go to loveministriesbills.org. You can also go to my website, CarlaNivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, we are having a great and meaningful conversation with Stephanie Morrow. Stephanie is um, she's the founder of Transformation Living Systems, which is a Dallas-based personal development and training company committed to instructing high-achieving women in creating the blueprint to make their next bold move in life. Stephanie is an award-winning author and educational trainer and a transformational speaker with more than two decades of experience in educational leadership. Well, Stephanie... First of all, welcome and thank you so much for being on our show. We are having such a great time talking with you and learning so much. We truly appreciate this time.
0: Yes, I'm so glad to be here. I I love these spaces. I love to, you know, just share. And I've been particularly called to women. And so anytime that I'm able to sit at the table with another woman and have these conversations, like we literally have to set the timer because I could go on and on and on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm in my sweet spot.
1: <laughs> well, good. We're happy about that. <laughs> we are happy about that. Well, Stephanie, I want to I wanna jump back into this. And ask you, because you started out in education and um, you were uh, assistant principal, principal, all of that, like you rose through all of these ranks. And then you um, also had the idea to build your own brand around your calling, around educational leadership. So talk to us about kind of the process you took and the pathway you took into um, being called and being in the educational system, the public educational system, and being so successful in that arena, into the transition of building your own brand.
0: Well, it happened for me, believe it or not, Carla, by accident. like I did not set out to have a brand or you know, even step into the waters of entrepreneurship. I just did it. Uh, what happened is when I left the principalship in 2013, the summer of 2013, and uh, took on some new roles, took a new position, and you know was working in a different industry. Uh, th- so many of my friends and colleagues, you know, were asking the question like, "How did you make the move? How did you, you know, get the guts and the courage to make the leap?" And you know, they were just—they really had all of these questions about how I did what I did, and I just. I, I didn't have any answers and I was like, you know, I don't really know how I did it. I just did it. It felt like the right move. Uh, I knew that it was a time for, a, you know, a new seat on the bus, even though I didn't know what it was. And I also knew that my time in that space had expired. And one of the things about that is when when our time expires in one place, we want to be absolutely certain about where it is that we're going. And that wasn't the case for me. You know, our human nature wants to know that when I move from B, that C is going to come after that and D is going to follow and so forth. And that wasn't really my story. You know, it was all about just kind of following the lead. You know, I felt really, really compelled that my my season in that space was up and, um, you know, made the moves, made the changes. And I kept getting the question and I had the inspiration to literally write a book to answer those questions, the rule of thumb is once somebody, once you're asked a question, you know, more than three times, it's time to write a book to answer the question. Mm-hmm. That was the inspiration for my very first book, which was, uh, you know, from the principal's desk, the twenty-one lessons in passionpreneurship. And so, over time, God just kind of gave this download of things that I had learned, you know, in making this journey, and those lessons became the content for my first book. So fast forward, I write this book. I don't know anything about writing books at the time. Like I'm literally sitting at my kitchen table, just kind of, you know, going through these lessons and, you know, using my educational expertise to write in such a way that they will be teachable, you know, uh, teachable, you know, lessons and you know, very practical for people. And I found that when I was out kind of promoting the book, people would ask me to come and speak. I wasn't a speaker. I remember the first call I got to go speak. You know, they called me and uh, I accepted and I called my husband and I said, oh my God, I don't know what I'm gonna say. These people think I'm a speaker. I gotta, I gotta figure out something to say. i stopped giving these people my word. Uh, and that's how I got into speaking, just out promoting, you know, talking a little bit. And so out of all of that, you know, over a series of time, kind of came transformation living systems where the work now had a name and had a mission and had a, you know, had a cause to really rally around. But it wasn't, you know, my intention when I left the principalship that I'm gonna, you know, leave here and go build this brand and build this business. It was very, very organic. Um, and so, you know, not to say that it can't happen the other way, but for me, that was really how transformation living systems came to be. And it has been um, some work that has expanded and has had many iterations over time. I mean, it has just grown and there are so many things happening now that I never would have imagined. And so there's back to that growth factor that I talked about uh, earlier is just yielding the brand to the growth factor and just allowing God to give the inspiration as needed when it's time to expand or shift or that type of thing. So... Um, that's kind of how I, how I got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's very
1: interesting. So I, I, I always like to know the backstory because as we as we figure out as we hear other people's testimony and hear their story, it helps us figure out what's in on our plate and how how can we get to where we where we really want to be in life. So I appreciate you sharing that Stephanie. Um, I, the next thing I want to ask is knowing what you know now. Do you recommend that people work their nine to five job while building their brand? Do you recommend that people do that at the same time?
0: I I do for a lot of reasons. And once again, you know, you can you can jump or you can be pushed into this business of building a brand. You know, uh, sometimes a door closes where you are and you're forced, you know, to look at what's in your hand and to create from that space. Uh ideally, you, you want to have an opportunity to kind of do the both. And I'm going to tell you why. If you jump and you jump prematurely or you jump too soon, because it's such a huge learning curve and there are so many uncertainties and so many factors and ebbs and flows and highs and lows to the work that people don't fully anticipate. You can never anticipate. Even with a nest egg, you can't participate, you know, can't anticipate. And so if you if you jump prematurely or if you um, it takes time to build a brand, you know, you there. And here's the reality. There are lots of layers to that. So people think I'm going to go build this website and put this out there and the people are going to come running. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, entrepreneurship is about creating solutions to people's problems. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be clear about what problem that it is that you're solving. You know, and especially, you know, if you look at what's happened over the last several months in the pandemic, everybody's doing business differently. Is there even a a need for what it is that it is that you feel like you've been called to do? And if so, how has that shifted? So, you know, even established businesses are having to pivot and having to shift right now because they can't really serve or show up in the ways that they've been, you know, have in times past. And so you, there's just so many pieces that have to be put into place. And here's the reality, Carl, is Sometimes you put them in place, and they don't stay in place. They move, and you've got to be able to, you know, you've got to be able to account for that. And, and so I think that it just get, it, it it's a lot more work having to balance, you know, what it is. Uh, that you're doing on the nine to five and then building this, you know, brand by on the nights and weekends, or, you know, I say work full time on your job and work full time on your dream. You know, uh, I don't believe in giving more to the nine to five than you give to what it is that, you know, the legacy work, you know, you can't transfer a nine to five to your kids, but this legacy work you can. And so you don't want to be guilty of giving more to the employer than you do to your last name. So you've got to create some type of harmony and balance in that space. And then you're going, it's not a matter of if it's when you encounter frustration on the journey, it's hard to create and produce in in a space of frustration, you know? And so a lot of times I've seen it where people have prematurely, you know, taken the jump out or, oh, I'm going to go, you know, do this. and they've got this small book of business and they end up in frustration and, you know, they just create more frustration for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not even clear to create or to solve the problems that they think that they're solving because they're so frustrated because, you mm-hmm. know, the, the customer base isn't growing like maybe they anticipated or, you know, maybe there's not as much need as they thought, you know, that it was going to be in their particular market. Um and, you know, there's so many people that are doing it. You know, there's a term now called parallelpreneurs, and they are people that are, you know, working their jobs, working their careers and building their brands. The other part is that of that is that I encounter high-achieving women who aren't interested in giving up their nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. They're interested in creating something for themselves. They know that there is this other, you know, form of expression that they want to create, but they're not necessarily interested in giving up their nine to five. You know, many of them have, you know, worked or achieved certain levels as, you know, in in a corporate space or what have you. And so that's the other thing that, you know, we have to consider is, it's possible to have both, it's possible to do both. I've been blessed to be, to do both, uh, you know, with my calling, you know, my personal brand and then my professional Uh, side really being in alignment. That's not the case for everyone. I've been very fortunate with that. Uh, But I, you know, I teach women that you don't have to choose. You can choose, but don't feel the pressure to choose that it has to be either or. I think we're in a day and time where it's possible to have both, but we just have to be very fluid and very open about what that's going to look like. And it's going to be different for every woman.
1: Yeah, I like that. I love that answer. I give that answer, especially to creatives, because I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll, I'm a creative. So, I, you know, we, our brain, Lord bless us, you know, pray yes. for us all. But, you know, our brain will tell us as soon as trouble comes, you need to jump ship. And that's not, you know, that's not always the the case why don't we see if we can do both especially for a good while you know yes. and make sure that whatever our brand is that we're being smart about it that we have a a plan in place and that we're working the plan and taking the steps necessary mm-hmm. so that when we do get into solely working you know and for our own brand that we do have a customer base and that we do understand that there are going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And, you know, that, um, yeah, the customers may not come running through the doors as soon as you as you open. What you know, what's what's your plan? So I like that. I like the idea of doing doing both.
0: And the other part of that, Carla, is we're in a day and time where there is a lot of uh, pressure You know, for for women to feel like the only way that they can have this sense of purpose or inner fulfillment, you know, inner fulfillment is to have a business or have a, you know, build a brand. Mm -hmm. And I just had this conversation on my show the other day with my guests. You don't have to have a business to have a brand. You know, there's a certain there's a such thing called a personal brand. Everyone has a personal brand. You know, but we're in a day and time where you just you know hear everything about business, 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 entrepreneurship, and so sometimes women feel the pressure that that's the only route for them and that's the only answer for them. And you know, everyone may not be called to create at that level, and that's okay. You know, your your call. You know, for example, it might be you know some type of outreach ministry, and that's okay. You know, it may not be highly profitable. But maybe there's something that you feel very passionate and very called to. So you look at ways of how can I now, you know, serve this outreach part of of my being, you know, and still, you know, maintain this profession that I, you know, worked in or, you know, I have these different accolades or certifications or sometimes even degrees. I'm not willing to give those things up, Uh, but I can do that. I can still be an attorney and run an effective outreach ministry. Right. And, you know, that kind of thing. So I think we just have to make sure that we're not succumbing to the pressure to, you know, produce at a level or in a way that's not even something that we really truly desire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So, Stephanie, talk to us about um, your one of the things that you do call Making History in Heels.
0: It started about uh, four years ago, well, before this March, uh, March of 2021. And I had. Uh, you know, my my brand has shifted over time. And my husband and I worked the brand together uh, alongside each other for a while. And then he went on to move into some other things. And the brand really shifted to more of a female driven brand. And, you know, the call has always been to celebrate uh, women, to honor women, to acknowledge women the contributions that they're making. And so uh, about four years ago, I had the, you know, really the divine inspiration to create this platform to celebrate the achievements of local women right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Because we're also in a day and time where, you know, celebrity is celebrated, you know, and everyone is clamoring to be on certain stages or be recognized by certain celebrities. Or, you know, you have social media that has you know, created this false sense of, I don't know, reality or, you know, just all these different things that we have in our mind. And, you know, my thought process is there are some incredible women, a lot like yourself, that are making an impact in their respective areas, whether it's music ministry, whether it's in law, it's in fashion, you know, the beauty industry, you name it. Uh, But the world doesn't know who they are, right? They're not a household name. They don't have a gazillion, you know, Instagram followers, all these really these false standards of, you know, validation that have been created in this, you know, this technology, this, you know, this technological culture that we're in. And so my, my thought was, how can I really contribute in a way to create some positive images for women that look like me, for women that look like us, for women that the world doesn't know But we're still making, you know, a great contribution and impact right here in our local area. Everybody wants to be global. You know, Carla Nivens International Ministries, it sounds great. But guess what? Carla can have an impact in her zip code before she goes global. Absolutely. So let's celebrate the impact that Carla's making in Dallas before she goes to the nation. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Uh, so Making History in Hills is a women's history, uh, you know, event. It's, you know, focused around celebrating Women's History Month. And every year we honor a group of, you know, local history makers, influencers, difference makers, trailbla- trailblazers, uh, change agents, just you know, women from all over. Uh, two years ago, we started uh, receiving nominations and opening up for the public to make nominations, and so uh, that's been great. And it, it creates an atmosphere where women that would not have otherwise known each other, they're able to come together, mm. or they're able to really kind of you know cross paths in a way. And it's all centered around celebrating the achievements and accomplishments of, of these women. So it's become one of the marquee events for Transformation Lending Systems. We were so sad uh, with having to cancel this year because of the pandemic. And you know we are scheduled for March of next year and uh, we'll either be online or in person or possibly both. It's really too early to tell. So much right. can happen between now and March. Uh, But we are currently receiving nominations for our 2021 honorees. All right. All right. So everyone should go to your website. Is that how you get more information? You go to stephaniemorra.com and go to the Making History in Hills tab and follow the prompts there. You can go on and nominate a history maker here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, Nominations have already started coming in and we'll be taking nominations this year until December the 31st. And January 15th, we'll start announcing our six honorees uh, that will be honored in March of 2021. So very, very, very excited about that work. And, you know, celebrating women is one of my core values. And so I find so much joy, you know, and it's just so exciting. I wish we could do it every month. Uh, But it's just something that I, I think we do too little of. And I don't think that we could ever have enough of it, especially in a day and time where there's so many derogatory images, you know, in mainstream media about women in general, and especially women of color. Uh, it's my gift back. And it's, to me, it's an opportunity to really undo that, that narrative about who we are as women.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So Stephanie, also, I, you know, I, before we have an interview, I always go around and kind of poke around, but I found um, Propel on your website and it is your teleconference series. And I like that because that's a like a different little twist on uh, kind of what everyone else is doing. So tell us more about Propel. Yeah. Well,
0: Propel, Propel is my newest baby. It launched in uh, September of this year and we just wrapped up our last episode of Propel just earlier this week. Um, one of the things that we had to do in the pandemic because we were hosting um, quarterly meetups for the women, one of the things that I learned a couple of years ago with Making History and heels is that the women wanted to be in community more than just once a year. Mm-hmm. And so we started creating these quarterly meetup sessions to be able to come together. you uh, really much like now, but to facilitate these crucial conversations and to instruct women and, you know, just equip them with strategies and resources for, uh, you know, making those moves to whatever they perceive is their next level. And so we weren't able to do that because of the pandemic this year. And so, you know, the thought became, how can we continue to serve women in, uh, you know, showcase the achievements of women in such a way, um, and so that's really where where Propel was born. Um, and it is a teleconference series, so we are you know broadcasting live through uh, a couple of the different social media outlets. And we've had uh, eight episodes this far, and we've had you know thousands of uh, you know viewers. The viewership is up on it, uh, and it's just a great opportunity to. Um, just come together to have those crucial conversations. I believe that so many of the world's problems could at least start on the path to, you know, being solved just through creating a safe space to have conversations. And so that's what what Propel is. So I'm very, very excited about it. I love that. So tell us, how can we view Propel? Well, Propel is going to be um, on my YouTube channel, which is uh, Stephanie Morrow, uh, on Facebook at our business page, Transformation Living Systems. It broadcasts live there uh, twice a month. Uh, It broadcasts live on my personal uh, Facebook page, which is Stephanie Morrow as well. Uh, We go through and we upload the replays to LinkedIn so you can connect with us on LinkedIn, Stephanie Morrow on LinkedIn. And even some of the episodes that are shorter than 60 minutes are also going to be available on our business Instagram page, which is My TL Systems uh, as well. All right. Wonderful. And then Stephanie
1: is S-T-E-F-A-N-I-M-O-R-R-O-W. Yes. Yeah. So, so y'all get connected with Stephanie. And um, I know that in 2021... I, you know 2020 has been a learning experience <laughs> for for all of us on how do we pivot and how do we make this thing work you know with the the differences that that 2020 brought so and and I know that as we go into 2021 um brands like yours will be one of the brands that will continue to serve women, continue to lift us up, continue to give us great ideas and showing us how can we grow our brands. And one thing that I want to um, just just say to you, Stephanie, is that uh, you are a blessing and we really appreciate you for being on the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. So thank you so much. Uh, everyone, my name is Carla Nivens. I am your host. We will see you back here next week.
0: every every woman. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring
1: interviews. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Nivens.
1: Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview for today, we're going to set the tone like we always do with some great worship music. This song is called Afterglow. It is written by a group of musicians that I am a part of from Highland Park United Methodist Church, specifically uh, is written by Greg Muzlakovich and Douglas File. Sit back and enjoy.
2: A star is breaking through the night. I never seen it shine so bright. Oh, I can believe my eyes in the shadow away now I see you everywhere and I know you feel my prayers
1: Well, my name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. I hope you enjoyed Afterglow. That is performed by a group of musicians that I am a member of from Highland Park United Methodist Church. Well, everyone, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 non-profit organization. You can go to loveministriesbills.org. You'll find all of the great information about Love Ministries. And in fact, a little side note about Love Ministries, last Sunday, we just fed 250 families. So, if you have not gone to loveministriesbills.org to get in contact with us, you need to do so, so that you can become a part of the work that Love Ministries is doing. You can also go to my website, go to carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with the K. Nivens is N I V E N S. Well, now let's jump into our interview for today. I'm very excited about the conversation we are going to have with. Stephanie Morrow. We are welcoming Stephanie to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show for the first time. Stephanie is an award winning author, an educational trainer, and transformational speaker with more than two decades of experience in educational leadership. She is the founder of Transformation Living Systems, a Dallas-based personal development and training company committed to instructing high-achieving women in creating the blueprint to make their next bold move in life. Stephanie says that her she aims to build women from the inside out. Of all of the roles and responsibilities that she has daily, Stephanie considers the opportunity to be a wife and a mother the most impactful and rewarding.
0: Well, welcome, Stephanie, to the radio show. Hello, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to Uh, just share this space with you and to just have this conversation. So thanks again, Carla, for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Steffi and I, we've known each other for years and years and years and years and years. It's probably be embarrassing to
0: say how many, Um, maybe 20 years. Yeah, pretty close. We've been married for 13 and we were at our wedding shower. So yes, 13, 15, somewhere. You lose track after a while exactly exactly so I'm, I'm very excited for you
1: to come and to share you are always doing extremely exciting things and um, I'm, I'm glad that our paths can now cross in this way Absolutely. um yeah so Stephanie I really you know you have been in educational leadership for several years and you've played many roles um, in education, and now you are training other people and building other people up, uh, showing them how to build their own brand, just as you have, um, through you know, through the work that they are naturally called to do. So I really wanted to have you on the show to have a conversation with a female leader just so that we can talk, because sometimes... Um, When we are in these roles and we're put in in different roles and then we we have to um, kind of move and transform into different, you know, have have different sides of ourselves. There are a couple of questions that we have that I'm finding that women have um, when they're when they're uh, given the opportunity maybe to even move up the ladder or go to the next step. I had a friend call me just to ask me a couple of questions, and I want to kind of pose those to you. I would love for you to chime in in these. So my first question, I want to start us off here just saying in leadership, um, does respect come with a title or does respect come within time of working with people?
0: yeah that's a that's a great a great question and really a great starting point to have really such a valuable and such a much needed conversation. You know, and it's been my experience that respect comes through relationship. Um, what happens with titles is that I think you get initial acknowledgement from titles. So you know, for example, I'll use your husband, Dr. Nibbins, he's a superintendent there is a certain level of acknowledgement that comes with him sitting in the seat and with him having the role, whether people like it or not, whether they agree with how he does what he does or not, there's a certain level of acknowledgement that comes with the role. But I would venture to say that his, that the respect uh, that is there for him has come through the relationships that he has built with the stakeholders in that community. And so what happens is through relationships, our, that's where our values come. They go from words to uh, actually embody the actions. You know, uh, how do so? For example, if you say that you value uh, other people's opinion and other people's voice, well, how does that show up in your work? How does that show up in your work ethic? How does that show up in how you interact and interface and exchange with other people? So, to answer the question respect is something that comes with time. It's created over time and it is created based on the way that we show up in relationships. And so I think it's important to kind of differentiate the two between acknowledgement. Uh, you know, there's just a certain level of acknowledgement that comes with certain roles or titles. Um, but, you know, when I think about my own husband, who is also an educational leader and, You know, thanks to social media, we're able to stay connected with, you know, families and students and, you know, other educators and people make mention often of him about how much they respected him and they never make mention to him to the role. Right. To him having been the principal. It's always about something that he's done or something that he said or, you know, going the extra mile for my kid or uh, the way that you valued us as teachers and value our input. So it all goes back to back to that relationship. They're key.
1: Yeah, I, I and I know you have many stories like this, but one of the things that really comes to mind is this week. Um, my husband, Roosevelt, or Dr. Nivens, to to most people, he got up early. He woke me up. So what? what's funny about the two of us is when I have to get up early, I try to be quiet and get dressed in the other room and all that. It, it doesn't work the other way around, okay? Never,
0: never, ever.
1: Here either. <laughs> right. So he got up early this week he put on when finally, when I thought, Oh, what time is it? And it was like 6 30 AM. I um, open my eyes. He is dressed in a Santa suit from head to toe. Oh,
0: so wow.
1: He's dressed up in a Santa suit. He, because he's going over to the elementary school to open up, you know, to receive the students, open the car doors, greet the students in his Santa suit. And so things like that is it's going the extra mile. It's, you know, showing up is doing the extra things that you really don't have to do that builds that relationship and builds that bond and people, you know, they appreciate you for going the extra mile to make things better.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm glad the- to
1: hear that, that he's still
0: opening car doors, you know, mm-hmm. together many years ago. And I had worked in a previous district where that was not the norm. And, you know, that was something we learned there in our time together as school leaders. You know, that's part of relationship building, being the first person that, you know, the students that you serve, being the first face, you know, and voice that they see and hear. And so to hear, you know, that we are, you know, decades plus away, and even in the role as school superintendent, that he is still serving in that way. Uh, I think it just goes to show the impact that the work that we did in that place, it is just, it's spread by, it's spread like wildfire. And there's so many stories like that, like his uh, of of leaders, you know, all over the state that are just doing great things for kids and families. So that's good to go. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I know. It was, it was, when you all were all together, I mean, that was like a think tank of great leaders. And so it, it's a really good to see yeah. See everybody branch out and carrying that same um, that same work ethic and, you know, sharing that with other districts for sure. Yeah. So, Stephanie, let me ask you this. If you are um, if you are, you know, called to a different team. So say you were leading this one team and now leadership has moved you over to a, a, a new team. You may not know the people. Um, you know you it's it's like you you are in a informational gathering state right now. is everything's brand new. Is it important to for you to build that level of respect with the new team?
0: Yeah. and I think one of the ways that you do that is, you know, not only through just creating those personable relationships because you know the reality is that, People are multifaceted and they bring a lot of layers, you know, into the workplace. And I think one of the mistakes sometimes that leaders make is thinking that it's just about work, you know, or we're just going to work. So, you know, all the personal things that might be impacting you aren't important. And that's just simply not the case. You know, we are complex beings. We have a myriad of emotions that come from, you know, all these different experiences and hats and roles. And, you know, there, it's just it's a, it's a very complex pot of stew. And so I think part of that in that relationship building phase is to understand those layers to people. Um, Not that they become excuses or, you know, a pass for you to underperform or to, you know, not do your part. But I think being able to understand how how people are or how they're thinking or some of the challenges even that they may be facing helps you in a leadership role uh, be able to really support and create conditions for their success in a different way. You can't do that without that knowledge. So when you hear people say things like, "Well, you know, you're getting a paycheck, so that should be enough motivation," that's that's flawed theology when it comes to leadership. You know, you've got to you've got to spend the time investing in people and getting to know people, and that becomes part of the you know part of the thread, you know, part of that formula for creating uh, really this work relationship or this professional relationship. Uh, where whatever your goals are as a team and as an organization can really be realized at the highest level. Um, So you have to you have to do that. I think the other thing that is, you know, part of leadership that you don't hear a lot about is the role of the leader in an organization or on a team is to really improve the processes. You know, a lot of times we go into leadership roles and we think that our role is to improve people. And I didn't know that when I was in that role. Like my job is not to go in and improve people. So you'll hear things like, oh, they hired a new leader that's gonna come in and clean house. That's bad leadership theology. That is. (laughs) Understand what I'm saying? The, The 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 process or the thought process should be we've hired someone or we've moved someone into this position that is going to improve the processes that govern the work in this department. And by improving the processes, And, you know, all of the protocols around the work, that's how you improve people. Because it's not about the people in almost all situations. It's about the processes or the lack thereof that, you know, create uh, the environment where people can underperform or fly under the radar or half do whatever it is they're supposed to do. So, you know, my goal now is in those roles is to go in and focus on the processes, not on the people. And as I improve the processes around the work, uh, then I create a standard for people to now aspire to or to now, you know, have some mark or some measure for improvement. And that becomes the basis of the conversations uh, not going in to get rid of people that are underperforming.
1: Yeah, I mean, you I mean, that is so people really need to hire you to come and speak because that (laughs) is the You know, because how many times, you know, or is someone hired and then they're saying the people, you know, they're no good. So make sure you You get rid of those and let's let's build a new team that can really work together. And I ran into a leader one time that said and it just really made me boil over. um, It was in a diversity situation. So Mm -hmm. the two people were from two different cultures and the leader said, I just cannot connect with that person. So, you know, I'm gonna have to, um, you know, fire, fire her cause I just cannot connect. And I just encouraged her. I said, you need, you probably should humble yourself. You know, stop acting like your way is right and her thinking is wrong and you may not know anything about her. So humble yourself and get to know her and see what it is. I always ask the question, how can i make your job easier what can i do to make your job easier people have great ideas that you can build on when because they'll tell you the barriers that they are facing when they when they are doing their job and most people really just want to get their job done and and do it well and you know they don't want a lot of trouble but you know leaders we have to we have we I, so i like what you're saying is Let's focus on the processes. What can I do to improve the processes and stop trying to um, change the person?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I because like that. the reality is, you know, and I think I've learned that in a personal space as well. Like my job is never to change people. You know, even my children. I have an eight and a 10 year old and a dog that doesn't listen, and a husband that has listened. Like my my role in life is not to change people. And in so many instances, we're put out as having to go be a, it's almost like this thing of a change agent is bad thinking, or we've got to rethink what it means to be a change agent. And my, you know, my goal is to focus on myself and my actions in such a way that it inspires change, you know, in other people but my goal isn't to change, isn't to change. And, you know, I think in in organizations and in professional settings, it's really bad uh, because we say that's what we're paid, you know, to do, or we're so focused on, you know, profits. So we're not really considering the people factor. You know, we're all about the profits, the profits, the profits. Well, the profits come as a byproduct of the people. So the investment should always be in the people first. And there are lots of organizations that really get that right. Uh, You'll hear about it and you'll see it. And then there are those who get it wrong every time and they haven't been able to make the switch in thinking. And so it's profits, profits, profits is never people. But your biggest investment in any organization is going to be your people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That is, if if your people feel like they are dying or sinking under the weight and the pressure, then they are going to produce less, actually. Absolutely. Instead of produce more. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, how important is it? um, I talked to um, a young person, a young professional, uh, not yet in leadership, but really and truly wants to be like, really wants that and is working really hard towards that. But they said it's it's difficult for them to ask for help. And so, yeah. (laughs) So is asking for help a sign of weakness or is that a sign of maturity and strength?
0: You know, I always talk about what I know now. You know, there's so much that I know now that I didn't know coming through the ranks and coming along. And I never really saw it as a sign of weakness. I just didn't want to have to depend on other people or rely on other people. I've had a really strong sense of self-reliance since really probably adolescence, you know, just always feeling like I had to, you know, you know, create the conditions to make things happen or, you know, get it fit, you know, everything, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. So I always had to just figure things out. But what I know now is that. It's OK to give yourself the space and the grace to need help or to need support, because what I find now and what I know now is that if I am judging others for for, you know, if I'm judging myself for needing help, then I'm also probably in my subconscious judging other people that need help. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's OK to to need support and to need help. And to be able to ask for it and not stop until you get it. It doesn't, because there's always something that you don't know. The other part of that is living my life now by a growth factor and understanding that there are always opportunities to grow and to learn things that I don't know. And so when you're constantly on the path of growing and growing and growing, it's okay not to know. So the other part of that is as leaders, sometimes we're filled and made, made to feel that we have to have all of the answers. Mm -hmm. Leadership is not about having the answers. It's about asking the right questions. And so just kind of that shift in perspective has helped me be able to reach out and say, hey, uh, you know, I need help with this. Or this is a new assignment that I've been given and I'm not really well versed in this. So, you know, I reach out to someone that is. Um, so no, it's not a sign of weakness. It's just that we've been creation, you know, we've been conditioned and created to believe that we should not need to, you know, ask for help. But it's absolutely not the case. Yeah, absolutely. And and
1: sometimes we, you know, if we really are honest with ourselves, we want all the glory and we need to realize that it's, I mean, every every win is a team win. If it's not a team win, you know, then it might not be a win. You may not have got enough input Absolutely. you know it may not be where it should be because everybody didn't didn't do it together so um that's great so stephanie we are coming up to a time we need to take a break so let's take a break and we will be right back with more leadership talk with stephanie you.